and we're live. Howler's Podcast Match Week 4 Recap in the Premier League, right? So 179. Is it, it is 4, 179. It is, it is 4 Match Week. It is 4 right? Match Week. Yeah, 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 if yeah, I'm getting lost track now, it's not even like Christmas time yet. When we get to the Match Week 15s and 16s. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Never mind. For a second, I thought I could. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, folks, we're having some audio issues here, but it's oh, a, we're good. We'll, we're good. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, shout out to Goals TV first before we start. As always, thanks for sharing our content. Please uh, head to Goals TV if you have not already. Use code HOWLERS in all caps. Use code HOWLERS all caps. All get yourself caps. a nice little discount. Nice little early, early, early little Christmas disky. gift. Little disky. It's, it's almost a, the holidays, it's really. A, it's a Black Friday discount. It is when when you think about like like Walmart season, it's pretty much always Christmas time. Yeah. Like they're gonna start yeah. putting the Christmas stuff out soon. You're gonna see it in CVS, folks. Home Depot like already sold out on something. Actually, no, no, that was way. Halloween lights. Pretty sure like last month, Home Depot sold out on some Halloween giant decoration. zombie, a giant skeleton or something like Those, that. That was so funny in the yeah. era where they were selling like 15 foot tall skeletons. Yeah. People were strapping them to their trucks and driving them home. This is so God, I would be crazy to drive behind one of those. Uh, we got to talk about points. Andrew, once again, did not have the best week. You're What's going d- you're on with for me, one. dude? Similar to United, I think you're due for a big week. One of these weeks, you're going to erupt, I hope. It's just like my team. You'll turn it around before down. United will, I think. No doubt <laughs> Sad- about it. Sadness. Sadness. You had a total of six this week. Andrew was zero perfect picks. Uh, I had eight. Jalen, you had seven. Connor had nine. We each had one perfect pick. Um, so on the season now, the totals are, Andrew, you have 28 correct picks, uh, two perfects. Connor has 35 correct with five perfects. Jalen has 34 correct with four perfects. I have 32 correct with four perfects. Wow. So we're moving along. We're chugging. The The perfect score lines are coming a little bit. Uh, and obviously, folks, as a reminder, you get one point if you pick the right winner. You get three if you pick the right score line. And the score lines are coming along slower than I thought. Yeah. And I think I did pretty well in the beginning in the first game. I think you won, you won the, fir- oh, the first game. Or, no, the first like weekend. I was going to uh, say, yeah, I yeah. think it, you started, you might have won the first or second match week. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's okay. We move. And if you're uh, using our picks to bet, keep it up, I guess, depending on who you trusted don't, this don't week. Use <laughs> don't use mine right now. Don't don't bet your money on United and don't bet your money it'll on It'll be like you'll start getting picks. them right and people will start using yours and then that's when you'll start getting them wrong again. And I just feel like that's just how. Yeah. Maybe House someone, always maybe, wins. Maybe someone's using yours right now. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Damn. Right off rip, they see it. And yeah. Messing you up. And I'm like, oh. you should just start copying us when we I just, we just wait till everybody's goes I in should. and then do like a combination of all of us. <laughs> Play the field in that sense. Uh, speaking of playing the field, the bottom three Premier League teams have not voted well in the field so far. So right now there's a combined record in the bottom three, Everton, Luton, and Burnley of 0-1-9. and They have a negative 21 combined goal differential. Uh, and Sheffield, by the way, is in 17th, but they're also 0-1-3. and So it's pretty much the same record as a relegated side. But, Jesus. Yeah. You know... There, there's always stretches they can put together. First of all, they'll play Chelsea twice a year, so hey, that's at least four points right there, a yeah, win and a draw. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> jokes aside, though, um, it's not looking good for a lot of these clubs, and you were pretty adamant that Burnley was going to get sent down, and I thought you were being a hater, but I'm just, man, I'm... It's hard. Like The reality of like coming up to the Prem is it's hard. You can't just like come up here and start dominating. I, I, I was pretty... I thought Burnley were going to do better than they have been. <laughs> same. I think the only... There was only two clubs in like world football who possessed the ball more than them last year, and one of them was Barcelona. I don't remember who the other club was, but I heard one of the pundits talking about that. So, kind of wild. but I think, and especially having just watched Spurs play them this weekend, they just don't. They're not interested in defending. Like I think they just didn't. 
they're like, we're going to go balls to the wall. We're going to send 10 guys up. We're going to just going to go crazy, try and swarm the other side. We're not going to sit back. We're going to, we're not going to wait to like, see if we can make, if good things will happen, we're going to make good happen ourselves. But they but just, they've also played like city and Tottenham, obviously Tottenham informed by the fourth match week. And yeah, it's just, and I think we saw that a little bit with Fulham a few years ago. I think our first year doing the podcast and, they were a team under Scott Parker who looked like exciting to watch, and their players mm-hmm. looked like they had a flair, they had positivity, but then they would just concede goals and just not win games. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was kind of brutal. After like three goals, I'm thinking, man, they really just all you got to do is put a long ball into Son, and they were hopeless. Like four dudes were just kind of ball watching, but there wasn't a Amer- I found there's a guy uh, Coley Osho is, is one of the players on Burnley. He's a winger, a brand new player. Never heard of him until this weekend. But I look up, I go, Oh, where's he from? Thinking it's like Italy or France or something. He's born in Norwalk, Connecticut. Oh, so no way. he was like busy. He got the assist on the goal that Burnley scored like two and a half minutes. Oh in. yeah. I think, uh, Connor, Connor Connor talked Connor, to him Connor's mentioned him before. Yeah. He it has. was kind of nuts. I'm like, Oh, he got, he didn't he transfer from no, you think I'd do like more research was on he, a player I that I saw was American. The, was he, the, oh, never mind. Different player. There's a player that transferred to the Prem, I think, from a college team. Oh, really? In the U.S., but I could be wrong. I'm just going to move my headphone mic into a yeah. different thing. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, But yeah, he had a really good game, so I definitely, uh, you know, he's somebody I'll, I'll look at more ahead of time. I mean, plus the more minutes that a guy like that gets at the top level, I mean, that's like automatically got to be a... Yeah. A U.S. men's national team choice at that point. And like a, a bona fide starter right, right away, you'd think. But um, yeah, Burnley not faring so well. And then Luton, I mean, I, equally unimpressive. That's the that's the side everyone's saying like might go, might go winless, which I think would be a bit extreme. They don't but. really play that bad of ball. Out of all those three, I've probably seen Luton the most other than Burnley. Burnley was, it was Burnley City first match of the week. Uh, yeah. The yeah, that was a game that yeah. was like... Burnley looked kind of good, and then they just like didn't. Yeah, they had their chances. Yeah, and the, the, I think the first half was like impressive because they were a team that just got promoted, and they're playing the champions, the treble winners. It had like I, for some reason I thought it had upset written all over it. I'm like, <laughs> we're gonna get a draw or something. Like, company's gonna stick <laughs> yeah. it to his old team, but man, it just no. They no. just yeah, they're not they're not uh, a team set up to defend that well. And I, I was thinking about this watching company on the touchline that. I think he's got that job for the entire year. Maybe if they get relegated again, he'll he'll do something else. But we're looking at a league where there could be some coaching vacancies come you know late winter, early spring, end of the season. Do you think taking a jump upward for Vinny Company right right now would be a little bit too fast if he were to go to? Like really you think he would like if he got like an offer? Yeah, like like say down the road, like this season. What, do you think he should basically stick with Burnley this entire season, and if they get relegated, stick back with them, or do you think could you see him already making like an upward? I, I mean, why would he get an offer? If yeah, he, he wouldn't get an offer. Well, like if, I'm saying, if he had Just like left, if, oh, oh. if if basically, <laughs> oh. would, it be, would it be too early for oh. a guy like Vinny Company to make a jump to like a bigger club to coach? If the yes, opportunity, I arose. think it's too big. Yeah. It's too big of a jump. We've seen former players do it, and Frank. And you can say even Gerard potentially. That's kind of what I was thinking about um, the whole thing. He's sort of, he's sort of kind of jacked up a lot of his not a lot of his legacy, but his coaching legacy is like deeply it, unserious at this point. At this point, it's unserious. And I think with company, like if if Frank had stayed in the championship longer, he could have had more of a I think maybe successful career or maybe not. Maybe just is not meant for it. And I think if Gerard had maybe gone to the championship or to a smaller level team from. Um, Rangers, mm-hmm. maybe, but then again, Rangers is like that good size to get your success from, and what yeah. you did. So, um, I don't know. I think company, it's a, it's a very like there's like narrow margins for failure, 
right. and success. So it's like that line is so thin. It's like you either go or you don't. And then it's, I mean, being a manager, it's, I feel like it's, it's, everything's your fault. Yeah. Like it is right. like as much as the players have a fault and everyone's on the pitch and the ball touches your feet, everyone, all eyes are on you. At the end of the day, when it's the game's over and you're down three nil or five, two, right. Um, Everyone's pointing fingers at you. So. I mean, I like that he's progressive in his style of play, which when I think of like him as a player, he was such a, a staunch defender, yeah. so much so that any goal he scored was like sort of a hilarious like event where it's, oh my God, Vinica. that's why like yeah. when he popped one against Leicester, it was like the, one of the craziest things anyone ever seen. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel like his side would be sort of a, a counter, really organized, like play five at the back type thing, mm-hmm. you know, have one or two guys that are really doing most of the creative work, but I'm glad that he's playing a style uh, that I think suits the Premier League, especially. It does reward go-getters, but I mean, maybe with a bigger budget, with a better side, it could work. But hey, I just Gerard, I, Gerard tried to do that. That's too what I'm saying. Like I just I keep having Gerard and and what's his ass from Chelsea Lampard. Yeah, I just I, I feel like kind of the same thing would happen. Even though I feel like Company's more of a coach than those two are in a way. Kind of in a way. There's, I think, yeah, I think he might. I think he's more of like a, a hard-nosed co- coach. He's got to lose the hat. He's the more hat of a coach than the, Lampard, but I don't know if he's more of a coach than Gerard. Gerard, yeah, at this point, Gerard has more is more to his pedigree, I think, and yeah, more I mean, his resume. At all but. times in their career, they kind of all had similar success. Like, yeah. At one 100%. point, they were both at the same like level. I mean, not to say that like championship isn't hard, but they all, like company coaches Burnley, and Burnley used to be in the Prem for a number of years, so it's not like they're lacking money. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. it's definitely easier for them to ha- have get the best players or and come up after one season down. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. say they're like the Man City of the championship, <laughs> right. but like he was definitely more like he did dominate it in a Man City esque way. Yeah, it was one did. of the like, stories of f- football, which yeah. is kind of why I bring up the question of like he he's already accomplished a lot. We but we've seen what happens when we rush managers. So maybe just more time with his side, more experience, mm-hmm. more more ups and downs. He becomes more of a seasoned guy. But I could see him getting the sack by January if things aren't turned around. You think they would get rid of him before? Like, coming off the bat, so I think there's more loyalty amongst championship managers. Like, if we'll, like yeah, it, yeah. it basically has to be a mutual separation, though. Like, we'll never sack someone they, like, came up with. I feel like Bielsa of Leeds was sort of that thing where... They were they they were really really bad, but they just they would they had they didn't have an enemy. I don't know because Fulham did it to Scott Parker. Yeah, Bournemouth did it to Scott Parker. <laughs> Scott Parker, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Chris Wilder was the one that was like a separation, mm. but yeah, um, I think it happens more often than not, and I think it could happen easily to to company because Burnley's a bigger like like Jan said, they're a team that was in the Prem for. I don't know. I forget how many years. And they'll it? want to stay up they, now that not, they did all that work to get back up. Yeah. They're like, mm, we can't can't go back down there again. No, they escaped dice ball. Don't make me bit. go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that leaves the other two most likely culprits, which is Everton and Sheffield. And the funny thing is, hilariously, I think Everton has more of the juice to like get out of this situation because <laughs> that's kind of how they're built. And Sheffield would just kind of by default be like, oh, I don't we just know did that. that like, at the end. Everton lost their best player or. They lost a Wobie, who, in my opinion... Yeah. Damari Gray, as of, like, five hours ago, basically forced his way into the Saudi League, which could be a topic in itself. Is that actually... I didn't yeah, know that. Saw, yeah. And Dyche was very upset. He was like... Uh, I I heard him say he's, like, he's going to be making a move out, which is funny, because usually it's, like, a coach's... De- or it's a club's decision, yeah. not a player's decision. But a few hours later, he forced his move out. And that's a young, young player, too. Just a few years ago, we were talking about how good he looked I on the way. I think he's, like... He's getting to his prime years, though. He's like 26 now. Getting to his prime, but it, that one... 25, maybe. 
look, like we can now put together a laundry list of guys who have exited the Prem for the Saudi League, but that one... It, that one's kind of weird. <laughs> it kind of sucks a little bit more than the other ones. Not I don't, to hold Demari Gray to that, like a different standard, but like... I don't. I think that's a weird one because leaving Everton too, being like "fuck that, dude." I'm not sitting <laughs> on this sinking shit. Like the fans have to hate him, even if he makes the club rich. Though I guess there's that thing too. It depends how much they're gonna pay. There's no way they paid more than like forty million. Forty mil. They probably. It's like that's like that. generational wealth for a club like Everton. <laughs> no, they've had money. I think with Everton and Sheffield, I think Everton will get out of it. I think Everton are having a tough go over at the moment. I think Dyche could get sacked, and they bring someone in that saves them again. Um, I don't think Dyche Ball is the answer to their season because it's proven towards the end of last season. Obviously, they stayed up, but right, um, you're both Dyche Ball out, right? Yeah, I don't think either of you guys are particularly. I just think, I'm not a big fan of Brexit Ball. I, <laughs> I think it was the perfect system for relegation survival, but yeah. like it's not the perfect system for. I understand that, yeah, for, not good football. Like trying to maintain, a, he did it with Burnley, but Everton's not Burnley. Yeah, and like the Everton standard with their new stadium, with the, uh, with like the history of their club, like they're not going to want to rely on that type, style of play to get them success or get them just like a keep them in Premier League. Yeah, like I could history. see, I could see that being the first Prem sacking. Now that you kind of brought the topic yeah. up, I think Dyche would be the first to go. I mean. I don't know. He survived a long time. With like, he did survive, and I'm kind of thinking like, say Newcastle lost, say say they drop they dropped their next two matches or drop points. Like I would start to maybe think maybe Eddie Howe might be. I don't know how they totally feel about him. They didn't give him a lot of money to spend in the transfer window. I it, to me, it has not appeared from the outside that they are particularly massively backing him in this side. I think it's been. You know, he's our guy. You know, he's our guy. <laughs> he's, no, our no, guy. he's our guy. He's, he's our guy. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, it's it's we we could we could talk about New, we, Newcastle has their own their whole own section basically in our episode tonight, but um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Dyche could be the first I to go. I think he's the first to go. I think, and then I think the end of like all company, that, stop on up. The end of that was what? What oh. was the uh, old Sheffield's? Uh, Chris Wilder. That was like the en- that was like the end of like the whole like we're giving chances to manager. I feel like yeah, yeah that was like what two, that was like when we first started. So because like they two did or it three years ago, they had a really good season that year. The year before that, and then they got... It was the worst. I don't know if it's been beaten yet, but it was like the worst statistical... Premier. Yeah. Guess who they beat that season? It's... <laughs> I remember that. Manchester United. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah. What was the score? Do you remember? I think it was like... It was brutal. It was not a big scoreline. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. But, but a they brutal loss. Yeah. It's a incredibly negative brand of football that I think you're right. A lot of... Just ownership in general is like, uh, you know, this guy, like... He's, we know what we're getting with him, which is which means a lot when you're spending top dollar on people. When you're investing in leadership and people, you're like, at least you know what you're getting. But it is a super negative style of football, and I could totally see ownership being like... It kind of wears the players into the ground in a way, too, throughout the entire year. When you kind of set your... To play like that long ball style, like it's sort of... It asks a lot, to, like a company would ask a lot of his side to be possessive and attack the whole game, but it's also like, okay, sit back against City for 90 minutes, and like maybe we'll even go up 1-0 somehow with a, with a corner header, but we're that game is not going to end 1-0. So I, I don't know. Not not that I would support the sacking of anybody, but if it makes more of like a let's go and get this style of football, they do need defenders. So all of those teams need defenders before they can worry about I don't think another relegation side is going to hire another relegation manager, but I think... 
It'll be a long-term guy. It'll be long. It'll, I don't know. It, does, it depends on when they do it. I think everybody hopes a long-term. You kind of just like put your faith in another guy who wants a shot. Yeah, like it's exactly. Like, it's not really like, is this long-term or not? This is right. more like, are we going to stay up or not? Yeah. Yeah. But I think Daish was that guy. And now it's he over. was. And now it's time to end. Come to an end. <laughs> Where does he go from here? Like that, and then plus those guys kind of put themselves in a corner now because now he's known as that type of manager. So the jobs he'll get are only like those to like like Sam Allardyce only got like a ship clubs. that's on yeah. fire floating in the middle of the Atlantic. Literally. That's the only job yeah. that he'll get offered down the road. But love him. We'll see. I mean, that's that's a very it wasn't its own topic, but I would. That's a very interesting thought as who would be the, it the first is. to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't know on the chopping block, if you will. Speaking of the chopping block, I'm not sure about this segue to Man United. I, this this was this was a topic that you probably wanted to avoid this week, or maybe feel like you want to get up right now and just walk into the ocean. Just yell. Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess pose the question and I'll answer, and then I'll give my thoughts on things. I guess I want to start with Sancho, kind of. Okay, not Sancho, like okay, yeah. you know. Are you? So I guess. What are your thoughts on the whole Sancho comments? Are I, you? Do you back any type of any any side in this battle? I think it's always best as a player for the sake of your career to not say anything. I think that's the smart move. I think that's the respectful move. If I'm going to criticize Cristiano Ronaldo for what he did, I have to criticize what Sancho's doing. Um, other, I think former players had mentioned, um, I think I think Ben Foster said, um, mm-hmm. Ben Forster said that like if this was in Sir Alex Day, that player would never see the daylight on the pitch again for United. And... If Sancho Sancho puts the risk of that happening to his career at United, if if he's going to do that, so I think it's fair to say that if Eric Ten Hag doesn't want that in his dressing room, then it's then he must go. Mm. Do I think that's the case? No, I think he'll stay. I think at the at the same time, it could have been a Wait, situation kinda, that can be amended with Eric Ten Hag in this yeah. in modern era of football. I think that's just and the price tag of Sancho. And yes, I know we talk about his form, but still the potential of Sancho, right? And the depth of squad, the players that we need this season. I think it's a situation in which Sancho will remain a United player, probably for. And I think the only reason why he would leave is because we want to change things up with players rather than his his decision on social media, right? And I think what, as many others have pointed out, he was never a player that Ten Hag picked out in the first place. This is sort of an inherited issue that Ten Hag is now also dealing with. I think the the only thing was the statement came out like two hours after yeah. <laughs> after the post game press conference with Ten Hag, so it was really obvious at that point that he had like heard the press conference and was basically just stewing with rage for for it was like a notes app apology yeah. too. It wasn't like a I typed it up. It, yeah, it was, for context, that what Eric Ten Hag had said was he was asked the question about Sancho and being in the squad because he had mentioned McTominay was ill and Sancho just did was not up to uh, performance level that is required in training and that every player must meet these requirements to play for Manchester United. And he wasn't meeting them. And so that's when Sancho released his notes page statement on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I definitely, I'm on the same page, but like on like the other devil advocate, like Gary Lineker was like, why, like as a player, like why is it just accepted that a manager can out you like that? And you're just supposed to take it. And like, and I get being a professional and like, mm-hmm. I'm, again, I'm still more on like, be respectful, right? Too. Like a like a manager's like I don't want to say an elder, but like he's kind of like in a respected position, so you gotta respect yeah, him. You're yeah. following his stuff, but like I understand, like he was probably like frustrated. He's probably like, and it. We also don't know what happens behind the scene. Like Tenog probably like could have just been like good work today, and mm-hmm. Sancho's like, oh thanks. And then the next thing he's in the conference, like yeah, he's been terrible this week. 
And he's just like, what is this? Like, yeah, I don't think I've been bad. I mean, maybe he doesn't know like what, like, I guess, true hard work. And I think, like. again, based on the fact that like this was never a player Ten Hag had wanted to come to United himself, like maybe maybe if we're being honest, Ten Hag isn't like the most personable. He's already not like known to be the best man manager. It's more of a tactics guy than a than a you know coach on on player guy. But I could totally see him not really at all going the extra mile in training to like chat with him. He's never, again, he's never really, I've never really wanted you to like be here part of the team with the direction that we're moving. So I could see it also being reciprocated from the other end, but can I read the statement? Yeah. For the sake of, I also think it could be taken out of context Mm -hmm. for being genuine here. Please don't believe everything that you read. I will not allow people saying things that is completely untrue. I've conducted myself in training very well this week. I believe there are other reasons for that matter that I won't go into. I've been a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. All I want to do is play football with a smile on my face and contribute to my team. I respect all decisions that made by my coaching staff. I play with a fantastic, I play with fantastic players and grateful to do so, which I know every week is a challenge. I will continue to fight for this badge no matter what. When you read the statement, it makes it seem like it's also like it's. It's not even like Ten Hog. It's what could stem from Ten Hogs. Like that's what I'm talking about. I think that the media. I think he could be specifying the media, and the way in which they run with with headlines and and press conferences. Um, I think there's a bit of both, like direct a message direct towards Eric Ten Hog and the media. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I think it's mostly towards the media Mm. because he's saying he respects the coaching staff. He respects. He knows the shitstorm that's about to unfold based on what Ten Hag has said, and that could lead to a lot of untrue things that are probably said about him at at training. And I don't think... If he's saying the scapegoat thing... That was weird. If he's saying that towards... That that has to be the media, right? That, and I think it's unfair to say that to Ten Hag because (laughs) Ten Hag gave him like three months off to figure out his... I don't really think the media has really used Sancho. As if I look at United, I don't think they've blamed Sancho. Lot, I mean, he gets a lot of shit on. Like they give him shit just for like not being involved. But I don't know that it's like, oh, United are bad because Sancho isn't playing. I've never seen a lot of. I've never seen those takes. But I've definitely seen people, you know, saying his career's over or that he's like. He went back he's to finished. train. Yeah, he sure. went back yeah. to train with mercenaries yeah, like and came back and flopped like, again. <laughs> like he's like out of weight. He's not as fast. Blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, and I will say this as well. Uh, to play devil's advocate at Jalen as you have. If I'm watching that game on Saturday and probably the three games preceding it on Sunday uh, again, um, I'm pissed. I'm like, dude, let me... You may not love me, right? You may not love me. You may not have picked me in this side, but shit is not going so well for your front three that you should not be throwing me in in the second half or like... I think he should start over Garnot, uh, over Anthony, and I think... It's hard because then as you're, if you're Ten Hag, you're like, well, then I have to kind of like bend my morals, which is I know that he doesn't train that well. That's probably a fact, too. Probably doesn't train that great. But it's like then I have to reward him with playing time, and then he becomes like sort of, you know, part of the team. But I, I could totally see him being like, Anthony's not playing well. There's a lot of shit going on there. Well, he's played Sancho. I don't think he doesn't like Sancho. I also... I sorry, think No, I was just going to say they like... They probably have a good relationship because honestly, if that was like... Conte or like Mourinho, like actually not Mourinho. Mourinho's a good player. Mourinho's manager. dope. Yeah, but I think he like, would have. Like they would have been like that whole like what's he what's he's like going through thing. Like Ten Hag didn't have to send him. Like obviously the jokes are he sent him to like the mountains. Like, <laughs> Ra's Al Ghul with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the monks, but like he didn't have to do that for him. Like there's obviously like Ten Hag yeah. has things for his players. He cares about them, but at the end of the day, he's going to be cutthroat, and, right? Like, and he's losing games, and also. Like define levels like level is levels like his like Sancho could be playing at a level that physically maybe he's hitting but maybe not 
on the ball. Maybe not technically. Maybe he's sloppy in, in possession. Maybe he's turning over passes. Maybe he's not finishing his chances in training. Maybe he just doesn't look sharp. And, like, that is just the reality of football. And, like, mm-hmm. like maybe Ten, maybe Sancho just thinks that, like, he is doing his best. and, and he, Or he's, that he's naturally so good that he should at least be getting yeah. a shot, which might be true. You know, who's I'm not, I'm not saying that isn't true. But yeah. I, I also get Ten Hag saying, like, I, I just can't play someone who doesn't train well because then I've sort of the segue into like player power at Man United is I do think there is sort of a there's a lot of egos in that locker room. And I think that's a huge problem. I, I think that gets overstated. Like people think, oh, it's the egos that are playing United out of whack. Like it's also a player investment issue Like they haven't handled business that well. But I think there is sort of like an air of like arrogance a little bit almost when I watch United play that there is a lot of quality in this side. It's how they get like a it's like the whole the whole point is Rashford gets an early goal. It's like a moment of individual brilliance, but it seems like that's the best of what United can like offer this year. Is just like a, that's what I was saying. And and to end to wrap up the conversation of Sancho, I think it's also the mat. I, I feel like the club, as big as they are, should have a plan in place. He knows he's not getting selected. Ten Hag knows he's not selecting him. The club knows he's not being selected. So why wouldn't you prepare for a scenario in which the media asks, "Where's Jaden Sancho?" Yeah, and and why why is that not talked about pre match, pre right. pre game, pre game day, and be like, I feel like that's a conversation that should be kind of kept in house and be figured out before because they they know that this is, question is going to be asked. Like, right, you could prepare for that kind of thing, and I don't and I don't think they did, and it's I think a matter of like poor communication, and I think Sancho, in my opinion, should have never released that message. Yeah. I think so too. All in all, there the lots of things can be true, but I, I do agree. All in all, it just the timing of it was was really really the worst part of it for me. It was clearly like pretty emotional, but again, because there's so much turmoil at that club right now, I can't like I totally understand where he's coming from. Like, why am I not even on the bench right now? It's sort of yeah yeah. It's tough, and I, I don't know where he goes because of how ex- expensive he is, and now a lot of players' unwillingness to move. But yeah. um. You do have some help coming in after the uh, international break. I'm Rabat. Yeah, I mean, that's... He's officially in. He's officially in. Photos, jerseys on, and everything. So that's how you know it's real. Um, And I do think that he'll improve the midfield, but it's... You know, there's a lot of injuries aside, too. You'll start to slowly get guys back, I'm sure. But it's... uh, What do you think about Amrabat as a player, first of all? I think he's a good signing. It's a loan. It's what we need. It's depth. He With an pre- option to buy, I think? There's an it? option to buy. I think that's what... I don't even know what the fuck that means. I don't know why I bring that up, as if I, like, know what that there, is. It just means, like, there's a clause where, like, if you put this... If you put out that specified amount of money in that contract, he's guaranteed yours. No one can else can, like... Yeah, oh, exactly. And, and a, lot, Jaylen, okay. a lot of players always... I mean, a lot of clubs won't loan a player out with an option to buy. Right, it's like they in want case he plays really well. They're like, player. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't bag. And so I think it's probably going to be a permanent transfer. But if it goes well, it has to be. But. Yeah, and so I think he's a player that will add quality to our side. Add depth is what we need. We have injuries. He's not this world class midfield signing that is going to change the way in which we play. But um, it's a good signing, and that's all I can ask for. The problem isn't necessarily. Would you agree it's been a bad window? Sorry to interrupt. Bad window from United, would you say? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I would say it's a good one. I would say it was a good window. I think we did a, We did really? good business. Yeah, I, I think we could have signed a center back, but we didn't. That was the one area in which I wanted to strengthen our squad. But I think in terms of like the other areas, we signed a striker. I wanted a striker. We signed um, 
mid, another another midfielder in Mount. Uh, we signed Amrabat. I think if we only signed Regulon because we had to sign him. Yeah, you're right. I, I think as you like as you p- put a positive spin on it, I can understand like feeling positive areas. I I would say the not adding defensive help was a huge thing, and it, yeah. ultimately it ended up being like Harry Maguire himself throwing a wrench into things, but not not getting rid of him or getting him off the books. It would was, have been a positive, honestly, and it, for and everybody. It, dude. it would have been an even more positive like window if you were winning. Like it's because exactly. you're losing, right. it's everyone else losing. looks ass. Yeah, but like exactly. if you were yeah. like winning, they'd be like, "Oh my god, mounts it!" Like he mounts yeah. a it's right. superb mounts generational game, yeah. <laughs> literally. And so, I, I think it's been a good window, and we just we, we I wish we signed a center back, and that we didn't. That's the reason why we signed Johnny Evans on a one year deal. That's that was wa- seeing. So that's, that's such a gritty signing, yeah. dude. The so McGuire Evans pairing at center back. Was, was crazy. Well, I guess the back were, line in general. Well, it was Dalo, McGuire, uh, McGuire, Evans, and they didn't start the game. Wambasaka. No, Wambasaka. it wasn't. No, it was. It was Martinez. Know, no, they, Mar- but at one point, that's what yeah. It was, it was yeah, Martinez yeah. and um, Lindelof. I thought Wambasaka was actually one of the bright spots of you. Dalo and Basaka were like he had a lot. Well, to everyone, do. everyone, not to bring it back to the Sancho situation, but everyone says like Wambasaka is literally the picture boy for. You're not in my plans, but if you do this, this, and this, yeah, you do it well, yeah, be, and now he's stuck. Yeah. He's beca- I think Wambasaka. I was impressed has, with him. He's. T- I think he's become again one of the best fullbacks in the league through his agreed through working with Ten Hag and getting his career back at United, but and sticking to what he's good at too. He's yeah. not tried to like become some dynamic thing. He's like, no, nah, I got yeah. long ass legs. I'm gonna wrap them around you, and you're not gonna get anywhere. <laughs> and it works. Stepovers. He's, he's gotten That's better true. going. That's he's true. gotten better going forward. But Wambasakino. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I guess speaking on the game itself we looked out of sorts again we sat in we looked we played more like a relegation side we played like that. a side surviving yeah. for yeah for it was long ball and let's wait some, for some crazy shit to exactly happen. and it's it's more the same of that and I think I don't understand what his style of play is we like to play out of the back too which we look so shaky when we do Arsenal have a high press as well and they like we look we we go from playing out of the back to not getting out of the back, and then one of our center backs or fullbacks has it, and we just hoof it upfield because we've brought ourselves into a shitty situation where the ball is in our own half in the corner by the where you, like we can see the throw in our corner kick near our eighteen box. So it's a situation that I think this is sort of actually yeah. the whole crux of why I wanted to bring up United is to sort of see like what everyone thinks about it in terms of a setup standpoint and. Uh, and the time he's been at United so far, so I don't. I'm not speaking as someone who thinks he should be sacked. I think that would be a horrible idea. You're also somebody who thinks he should be staying, and we should yeah, still 100%. be invested. Would you agree? 100%. Don't sack him. So, with that said, I still struggle as someone who's watched a lot of football at this point to find a discernible playing style. I know he's this like master tactician, but most of the times I see them, it doesn't really look like there's a game plan. And, and we've also talked about how bad a lot of the players have been. And some of your best key players have just not had great games this year. But that's when I when I look at a Ten Hag side, I think, okay, man, now I need to see what you're actually all about. Like, even if you're not winning, let me see a style where you're not winning. Let me see an applied approach to trying to get a result. And I just, I really struggle. It's it's very It's always been kind of strange watching this United side because, again, it seems like individual brilliance is how they've made their made any good results in recent years, but I think last season, think we that's had, fair. Is that unfair to say? Yeah, I think it is a little bit. Cause I think last season we had moments of true 
team. Would you say it was like you were more possessive last year? We were more year, possessive like, last year. We utilized our midfield more. Erickson was a key key part of that. I would say it's um, the midfield. Yeah. A midf- we, we, we are supposed to be a possessive team from the back that like obviously utilizes our wingers and pace. And la- I mean, last year we had Martial up top or I mean Ronaldo for a little bit, but it was never going to work. We needed He needed his strikers to work to prep high. Our team presses high when we're not in possession. And then we also pack it in and collect and possess when we're in. We have the ball, so, and we're not doing that. And now we're relying on a, we're relying on the counterattack against a really really good Arsenal team. I think that's what he wants to do. He wants to set up against sides a little bit more conservative when we're playing them, but we just didn't do it right. And we only the only reason why we scored was because of a moment of brilliance to Rashford and a ball through by I think it was Erickson. Yeah, and I think like he's a big channel guy. Like yeah. each eight operates a channel, a six operate. Yeah. I, I would say I'm never going to bash Casemiro. I would say he's not at the level he was when he first came in last season. He's aged quickly in that United <laughs> kid. I think <laughs> yeah, not to play, bash yeah, him, but, but yeah, he looks I, like an old man alone. I've seen like standstill pictures and it's just, yeah. it's literally just him in the midfield. And, and and everyone's just like, Oh, he's playing awful. It's like, no, he's playing with no support. Mount is yeah. like, cause Mount was at times was getting, was drifting into like Bruno's position. And was getting pulled out wide as well, and yeah, it was just it was literally just Casemiro like in the midfield alone, surrounded by however many shirts of whatever team they were playing. Yeah, I think structurally it's just a little a little off. I don't think Anthony doesn't play entirely positive. Like going like, I feel like a lot of times he gets the ball he. Does you know he doesn't contribute anything to the rest of the he team? He slows the game down, yes, right? Because then he tries to do the standstill, like he makes no one else and better. And it's like, oh, he passes it back, but then at that time they're all set up, and then you're pinched, and then you do the hoof ball, just mm-hmm. like which is fine. Rashford's, I think Rashford and Luke Shaw's side is, it's fine. it's meant to be what like that is like, utilize the pace and utilize the power in which like Rashford has, and obviously Luke Shaw going forward is. Like I mean, our, we get if we get forward as a team last that last season, everybody would push forward when we had possession. Yeah, and it was like you'd have Lissandro at just past the halfway mark. Um, <laughs> and I, and that's, I, it's not happening this season. I don't think it would be fair get to say that recruitment has been poor. I think there have been good like the two players I think of in recent memory are that Bruno obviously came in and made a huge impact right away, and Lissandro was pretty impactful right away too. But I, I'm trying to think of the last time you recruited like a sort of a younger guy that was going to that was planning on being there for a while that ended up having like a huge you know real positive impact like i i think in recent years recruitment could have been a lot better from a team like united like oh yeah i the don't resources so many different have. managers so many different styles yeah, it's hard to it's like that's I, I, get, I get yeah. i get what you're saying but like it's just it things are just have we're just too busy like changing there and then now Hopefully, I mean Tenog. I, I mean, know. look not more, like, look at Tot- like Tottenham didn't make good recruitment decisions until this season when they got Madison and Ange and Ange making like, Ange has made really all the difference. Yeah, Tenog just, is making differences by signing Casemiro, by signing um, Lissandro, signing um, Hojlan. Hopefully, like will pan out. I, I liked him. He we can talk really, about him before, but he I looked liked really him positive more. in the game as well. And I think should have got a penalty. I thought he was going to score yeah, when he came on. He looked a, like he was yeah, about to bag. Point. Really, he did. And I think his his most Want desired signing that hasn't really done what we all want him to do with Anthony. Like he's paid ninety fucking million pounds for him, yeah. and he's not he's not doing what we paid him what we paid for. He's basically another Sancho, and it's unfortunate because it's his signing. Sancho was not yeah. his signing, and that that's where the issues lie. I mean, he's kind of one player, I guess you can say, that has kind of stuck around for the last 
few years or so, a few years or so is Juan Basaka. Yeah, he's probably been our like most cons- and Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw also joined like. Saka started off really poor too, and his I think his first season at United, right? No, he, he was, no, he was, was he? solid. He was like he was probably one of the best right backs in the league at the time. He was. I think him and Trent were the ones that were like, oh yeah, the, yeah like yeah. him. Ole's first full season, he was a really really big signing for us. But and it was like, what's more important, offense or defense? Yeah, what's right. that was a debate. But who needs a wing back that defends? What that's overrated. What is this the eighties? <laughs> no, so I think Petro poor. We need okay. a guy who's going to score and be <laughs> no heading in the ball. No one can look at the recruitment at United and say it's been good, but it's. That's the issue with business that's done at this club, and that's kind of beating a dead horse at this point. And there's still issues at United. Ownership took the club off the market for sale, and yeah, um, we're just not having. We're, our team is not performing to the levels that we wanted to, and players look scared to receive the ball, and they look shaky in the ball. It's and it, I think part of that can be tossed up to Ten Hag's decision making in play in the game. Mm-hmm. Also, the subs he brings on, like mm-hmm. bringing on Evans and Maguire. To, to close out the game, like what? What? And I know, I know, Lindelof was was probably there's like something with illness. I don't know what that was about, but but still. When, when you have Maguire and Evans as your options for backup, like that is where that's play stupid you. games, win stupid prizes. I believe is yeah. the saying that people do bad, like do bad business in that area, and you don't get. And it, it's also people mentioned that back line that that United had at the end of the game, and it's like, see, this is what happens when you don't. I don't think. There's a lot of teams in the prem that be prepared for the amount of injuries United have had, so it's there is sort of a realism standard you have to set. But I think it it does sort of reflect like not going and getting a center back. I think you guys were linked to Tap Soba for a little while. We he were, went we really were. highly recruited, so it's like yeah, that's one of those where you know Spurs. I feel like only recently started do, doing things like that, but bringing him in would have made even a world of difference probably I, on Sunday. I don't know a team that can bring on two starting center backs. That's what I'm saying, starting, yeah. Like, everyone just compares it to City, which right. I understand. But like, <laughs> yeah. but like, well, you see City signing Vardial, and you see United re-signing yeah. Johnny. That Evans. was the Evans-McGuire. Like, I, I understand it's a ridiculous pairing, and hey, believe me, I've seen a Sanchez-Dyer pairing. So, dude, I know calamitous defending. Like, it's the back of my hand. But I, I also, at that point, was like, okay, but not many people can just say, okay, we'll just bring off two, like, worldies to just come defend for... We'll just see out yeah. the game that way. Yeah, no, it was it was very very. Uh, Lissandro also potentially injured. I don't know for how long, but it was a tough day. And Arsenal also. I mean, they didn't look. They, they looked, looked bad. Pos- they looked positive, like in moments. But then again, we sat in the entire game. I didn't think. I didn't think they looked that great. Uh, I think many other people watching Arsenal neutrals were like, eh, you know, I don't. I'm. This is a huge win for them, and and obviously, as rival fans, we'll all want to take positivity away from their success, but. It's a big win, though. It was a big win. I, this, I, I play, when you're playing a team, a big six team, three points is all that matters. Like if you yeah. get three points, who really gives a shit how you did it? But uh, Hoyland, I did like that. Like again, he was somebody who came on right away, and I was very impressed with his size, with his speed. Like I do think he's going to get a lot of goals this year. I don't know if he'll get a lot of goals this year, but I also don't. A I lot just, is is the saying. I, th- I think he'll just be a positive light in this dark United. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I agree. It's like. Garnacho, like I mean, yeah. Garnacho is doing it when you guys are at a high, but like it's the same thing. Like I'm not expecting Garnacho to put in 15 goals, yeah. but like yeah. when I watch him play, I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's like wow. he looks good. Like, <laughs> yeah. The positivity. That's like when Alonga was like our our Garnacho for a minute because he was like the brightest part in our team. That's when Ronaldo. I think that was the season Ole got sacked. Mm. Like, uh, did any of the uh, VAR calls bother you in particular? I think some of it was just naturally a high octane situation. It was offside it, goal. It was offside. Yeah, yeah. I, I think nothing was gotten way wrong. They overturned the Kai penalty, which was not a penalty. Like, I don't, I, know, I don't know. They're saying angles for the other one, which I can understand. For what the Kai one? 
No, for the uh, or for, for the, the Garnacho 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 one. Also, Ten Hag complaining about referees, dude. That was a, wasn't that like oh. the, was that the first time he's ever done that? But props to you, Andrew. That's how I know you're real because you shit on Klopp for doing it. Like but when that. Ten Hag does it, you're Shut also up. like, you yeah. lost the game three yeah. one, and it's not because of referees. Preach, bro, facts. I love. That. I just don't like two. that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's such a. Both, like everybody Waste gets breath. everybody gets shitted on because of VAR. Like it happens that we won a game, yes, because of VAR. It's like, like hey man, quote if, it, if your quote mom, it, if your mama it, had wheels, she'd hey, be we got three cards. We still beat them, but yeah, that's that's the reality of football. That's even, how it is. Yeah. I I say yeah. I, I guess it kind of goes unnoticed. I don't know when Klopp does it. It just seems so much more irritating. Yeah, it's because Connor sits like two feet, like two inches from us, and that's just Klopp's like face though. He does have like a face where it's like there's so much hair on his head. He's got those big glasses and those big white teeth now. Mikel so much higher than Klopp oh dude most punchable face you see a celebration dude oh. I mean then but then I'm like watching Onana celebrate and Onana could be his whole his own conversation not that he's been like he's been not as poor as people are saying he's been people but. have been yeah what are your I don't want to drag it on but no I, it's interesting to talk about I mean I think I, he's been poor yeah I think he's been definitely subpar of his usual level but I can never blame a goalie for like if there's a, just a poor back line in front of them. Like a lot, a lot of times, what like what's he going to do against the Jesus goal? What's he going to do against? He might have been able to get a hand on the Rice one, but when I'm watching that, That's I'm the like, goal that he should have saved, I think. But I feel like because it touched him, people are like, oh, he should have had a hand on it, which is probably true. But I bet it's, he was like, fuck, I wish my hand so didn't even like touch that. That one, I feel like he should have saved the Jesus one personally. It went under him. It did. Do they go through the legs on that one? Yeah, like that's like I wouldn't say yeah. the the, the Arsenal and then result the game before when he just like fell backwards. Like that was that tough. was crazy. That was my and howler. That's a one v one. It's dude. He was like. T- 15 yards away and he tripped backwards and lost. He position. like landed on his butt, but it seemed like he did it on purpose almost. Like what, what were you trying to like, were you trying to like <laughs> throw off back, the defender? Like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. I think they might even like, Tim Howard might have even talked about this or something or, or, or some keeper was like, Oh, I could kind of see, I think it might, was Ben Foster. He was talking about it and he's like, Oh, I could kind of see you, you doing like a, a strange thing to try and throw off the attacker. Like, Oh, what's he going to, what movement is he making yeah, towards the ball right Italy, now? But, but yeah, I also think that maybe in Wrexham, but not up in here. He's got a big, he's got a bit of a uh, Pickford in him. Oh, no. Yeah, he does, he just well, attracts bad luck. I think well, in that sense, a little spazzy, a little spazzy. Yeah. In that. He's got a spazzy. He it pegs me as someone, and this happened to Pickford where he like someone shoots at his goal and it hits the post and then hits him and goes in. Look, like, no one's playing well. That's it. No one, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah, not like the thing right. about Onana is like let's not just single him out because nah, he's definitely gonna get a halfway goal scored on him. I can yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna fall like trying to get trying oh, to save it. Those man. goals are always tough. Yeah, but even even. What down three one? He's still like passing it about, like enjoying the ball. Just yeah, like, he loves having the ball. He statistically, was your most progressive player. Yeah, that's insane. As oh the that's insane. But as we digress from United, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. A team that's also in the shit right now a little bit is Newcastle United, and obviously they're a team capable of stringing together a lot of wins. There's still a lot of quality in that side, but we talked about this last week, and I kind of wanted to unpack it a little bit more. They are a team that are. In a really tough Champions League group. They got the worst draw. Brutal. It's who? It's PSG. Dortmund. Dortmund. And then, uh, oh my gosh. I know I'm blanking on the the fourth now. Is it Milan? I think it is Milan, yeah. Oh my God, is it? Yeah, it's Milan. That is insane how that happened. I get there always has to be one of those groups, but geez. Yeah, it's Milan. It's her first match, Tuesday, September 19th. So, So... so that's a really tough group, and everybody who knows anything about football knows that. If they, if Newcastle don't make it out of their group, is that it for Eddie Howe, you think? Is that means to sack him? Like, no, no, no. Why not? Uh, to, to play devil's advocate on, to, on the ownership the, side. like They haven't made it in the Champions League in like 15 years. 
but there's coach- longer. <laughs> this was a crazy like an idea. This was a crazy just thought that I had is potentially if they were to do that, I feel like we see Conte on the Newcastle. I think <laughs> I dude, I think Newcastle's next coaching appointment after Eddie Howe is like a like a demon, like one of the bad guys, like Mourinho from like taking Mourinho from uh, from Roma or bringing in Conte. Like they have a sturdy defensive back line, and I kind of see like a good. It'll be Nagelsmann that they bring in. They think go complete opposite, basically. Like yeah, I think I think Newcastle want to play creative attacking football, and I think Conte is not that man. I also think. It'd be so pretty. Maybe I could see. I could see it, okay, guys. The reason why they're not going to sack Eddie Howe is because they weren't expecting Champions League that year. Last year, they were not expecting it. They did not think there was a possibility at the time, or it was like something that was a target or a goal. Their goal was to get to that level at some point, but they didn't expect. It. I was. I've been watching the documentary, and Amanda Stavely seems like the nicest lady to be. And she's back. Well, him. she's like. She obviously is has part ownership, and she's kind of like the liaison. She was the liaison right. to like getting she the deal done. She seems kind of dope. I kind of like her. But energy. I've seen like her like interact with the players and like the coaching staff and she's very much involved and like goes to games and is like and involved in every aspect of what the club does mm. um and so is like so are like the i forget who like the name of the exact owners they're like the p what is it the like the saudi fund or like well whatever who's the, who's the people that own newcastle oh like the saudi public the PIF or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And so <laughs> they have like they're all in communication for like having this team be successful. So I don't think I think they entrust Eddie Howe. They trust the process, and this is part of the process. They know like they I think from what I saw they know that like failure is a part of that. So okay, so where do you think that where, what's the bar they've set for Eddie Howe this year? Where does Newcastle have to finish if if it's if they were to get bounced from Champions League and they were to like not win a, a trophy? Anywhere from anywhere from like four to six or four to seven. But that five. would be a, again. That's I'm ta- thinking from an ownership standpoint. Just to argue against it, guys. I don't disagree with you guys. Really, I think it would be harsh, and I like him at Newcastle. But if I'm if I'm ownership, I'm thinking like, yeah, we didn't give him a ton of a ton of money in the transfer window, but we brought in a few sure things. We are a club that are trying to stay to to become once again a world football powerhouse, and that requires us to have success in Champions League. We didn't have it this year. We didn't win any trophies. And if they were to finish sixth, they're not in Champions League again next year. Like it's technically would be a step back from where they were I, last year. You know that he's yeah. kind of set a high bar for himself, which is why I asked that. I think I think Newcastle will give him until the end of the season. And if they're not in a position where they're in Europe, and they. I don't. I think they know they're not going to make it far in Champions League. Let's be clear. With What's that. been going? Why are they winning? Why are they not winning games? Like, is well, it, though, my point is. So I think like they'll give him until the end. They'll give him to the end of the season. I think it's a situation they'll, they'll part ways with Eddie Howe. They won't sack him. Gotcha. It's like that's kind of the scenario. Yeah, it'll be a down. mutual. I get like the whole regression thing you're saying. Yeah, like so do I. Regress, Just to be the, from the cutthroat side of things is where I would I would disagree. Yeah, but. I don't know. I feel I feel like Newcastle fans would be upset. They'd be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I get it. Like they're probably angry right now. The team's not performing, but like they have love for Eddie Howe. I yeah, mean. those are some real football fans over in. I just also think it's new players. It's more pressure. They're Almiron was on a crazy hot streak last yeah. year. Like there's yeah, a bunch true. of different factors. Like. It's a matter of getting the best out of your players, and that's something Eddie Howe is so good at. And you can trust what he does when it comes to like this play style on the pitch. It's just a matter of the players executing it on the day. And I don't think this team is as strong as everyone's making it out to seem. I think they have 
good players like Joe Willock's good, Jolton's good, but they're not players that are going to get you into winning a fucking Premier League title. Maybe not the deepest bench. I I, I do like that they team. have like they can bring off Callum Wilson sometimes. Yeah. You know, like when you need a when you need a guy to just poke the ball in late in the game, like that is a pretty good option off Pull the bench. <laughs> get injured for five months. Yeah. I do agree though. They are in need of some more backups. High caliber. Like, yeah, yeah, especially if they're going to keep playing. And Brighton's not a. Like Brighton's beaten top six teams last year. Like they they do it all every single season. So we will talk about Brighton quickly in a second. Though Newcastle's next five are they're home to Brentford, they're at Sheffield, they're home to Burnley, they're at West Ham, and they're home to Crystal Palace. So there are some there's some gettable matches. I'd in say there. they win four out of those five games. Yeah. Four four or five be pretty good. I was going to say even if they got like what was it again? They are home to Brentford. Let's say they drew that. That'd be decent. They're at Sheffield. Got to be a win. Home to Burnley. Definitely got to be a win. They're at West Ham. Who are who knows what West Ham's form could be by exactly. that time. Yeah, so, 100%. And then Crystal Palace are always going to be a tough play, but they do have them at home. So. And Brighton, we've talked a lot about so far, and that's because they deserve it. But I will say, watching Mr. Evan Ferguson was the first time I've heard anybody, pundit or YouTuber or player, make any Harry Kane comparison. I like right away shot up and like looked at the TV because you know, I mean, Tristan starts sniffing the air. And he's I'm like, like oh. oh my God, buy him, buy the 18 year old boy, make him the new Harry Kane. Um, he does sort of have that style where when he gets the ball, he turns up and I can see him look at the net right away. And he's really, he is a goal hungry player and had a whale of a game shoots from long range. Well, he's like big his physical size to him. Goal. Another guy who by all intents and purposes could go for, a lot of money, we'll just say, from Brighton. But I've been impressed with him. And I think last year he was like, wasn't he kind of on the radar a little bit last yeah, year? Yeah, he, he, he came off the bench. And was, people were like, who is this kid yeah. who's supposed to be insanely good? He was, scoring but, at, he was scoring at the end of their like really good season. Yeah, he was. Now he's, and I, I think, again, obviously, it, it's almost a shame when we bring up any Brighton player. It's like, oh, how much is Chelsea going to buy him for? How much is he going to get sold for? Yeah, I think maybe at a certain point, Deserby's like, he's not for sale. We're going to keep Evan Ferguson. We're going to try and build around him. And you like, wouldn't sell an 18-year-old right now. Not right now, but like saying, would Deserby potentially look at Ferguson as like, no, he, I want a, like a long-term striker at Brighton. I want him to be like a bona fide Brighton guy. I want to continue getting better with our team. And they have gotten a little bit better each year, but it's like think of this team with Caicedo. Think of this team with like Trossard. Yeah. Like, and, and some of those guys eventually just weren't happy where they were. But I do think it is time for Brighton to start adopting sort of like a it depends though. Do these clubs want to hit the heights of Chelsea's? Of kind of seems like they don't in the be- in a respectful way because like they make like we'd have to ch- they'd have to change their whole football is a business and it's a matter and like in business you want to decide how big you want to get because when you are certain a certain size, everything below you is a loss mm-hmm. and you run the risk. I guess especially when it comes to like investing in Europe, investing like making Europe, investing in your squad for Europe, like Leicester hit those heights and they got relegated last year. Like mm-hmm. they hit, they won the prem, they got a champions league spot. And then from there on, they just like teetered slow. Like they had, they like leveled out and then they just dropped. So it's like, yeah. do you want to remain a feeder club and like be successful, play good football, play attractive football, have a good system and yeah. never really like toy with that business. It's a good point. Like it, it's just a point we're looking at where you're looking at it from a risk perspective, like, like call it like a benefit analysis, yeah. cost benefit analysis. It's it's like, nothing ownership sales, would like they never. <laughs> no, but you're right though. It is a great point, and it's nothing that ownership would ever explicitly come out and say. But theoretically, it's like we are never going to win the <laughs> Premier League. Okay, you're going to you're listen. Look at me. You're going to die never having seen us win the Premier League. 
but you're going to watch us play beautiful football. You're going to laugh at teams like Chelsea who spend un- more money than God to buy our players, <laughs> and they just never pan out. And we're all going to laugh, and we're going to run the league from the middle of the table, and we're and that's going to be it. Imagine the chairman saying that to like I think that's what they all team. say. Like, I'd be saying they're like... <laughs> when they're in the boardroom and when Casado's finally gone, they're like... Holy shit! We just made 150 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're always, those idiots. Yeah, dude, if you're always like, in a net positive, and like the like the business plan and game plan is working on and off the pitch. Like, why would you fuck? Like, don't fix what's broken, kind of thing. Say, hey, buddy, trophies was never the end game yeah, here. Like, we're we're gonna, maybe we like, we're gonna win. It's like, whoa. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. The bright, the bright ownership is like, money. who said winning? <laughs> yeah. so they're like, oh, look at us. Ooh, your trophy. It's like, idiots. Like, oh, you get 30 seconds on TV holding a trophy. We, you're where we sell $150 million players every single year. And they could. They're going to do it with Matoma. They could in January when Mo finally goes. Uh, and they can do it with Evan Ferguson whenever they want. I think he can potentially switch to being English. Yeah, that's another hot he's, topic. He's, not, he's not playing this right. international. And race. he's uh, injured. Uh, he's come as of That's today. It was, was. Like it was an missing. Udogi yeah. did the same thing. I was like, real as hell, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, it was the U twenty ones. Not to digress from our list, but Coleman like yelled at Gravenberch. He was just like, I'm not a fan of players who don't come when requested. Oh, I but then saw that chirping Coleman. Like, dude, Barca came coming and you abandoned us like a month before the Euros and left us with Frank De Boer. Yeah, and they got cooked. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they got absolutely cooked. So like. It is a good segue. I mean, we can talk about the international break now. Get some enjoyment out of it, at least, because everyone's definitely miserable that it's here, uh, as usual. But England play Ukraine, and they play Scotland. So, two... Scotland, two, that's a good, that's a good It's a juicy matchup. And, I mean, like, sort of to tie, to tie the whole episode together, like, I think that's the reason we've seen such intense player flare-ups this year is guys like Sancho and Maguire, guys like... Or on the opposite side of things, guys like Madison, like... That's why now where you play football is so important because it is it does usually play a role. Guys like Southgate pick certain guys for certain reasons, and we can get into that. But I think this year, player versus club tensions will be even higher when moves aren't made or they're not allowed to go to certain clubs because Euros are next summer. Yep, and yep. This, everybody is going to want to be in the Euro side. So. Jordan, Jordan Henderson. International play has never been as common as it is now. Like it was the World Cup and the Euros. That's mm-hmm. all you played. So like mm-hmm. now we have like... Nation League stuff. and It's like another reason why I can see why guys like Sancho are upset and frustrated at no playing time. Because, like, to imagine saying three years ago, like, oh, Sancho won't get picked to be in the England side in Euros well, like, in 2024. I, I always remember his, like, debut, like, like his first time making a cap. And it was... Wasn't that, like, San Marino? Like, yeah, but it's it's still, I just remember, like, he's going to be such a big player. Like, that's, a, well, that's the like, way you looked at it. Was he at the Euros that summer? I don't think on that with Grealish and Saka with that whole side. I don't think he was on that team, and I. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh, that, no, no, you're not because Rashford Barry played that Euro. Yeah, yeah. On the bench and being like nasty and like, why is he starting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, it goes to show that just player trajectory can two completely different things happen because. Like, I think Sokka is an incredible player. I also think Sancho, there is an incredible footballer inside of him. Like, there might not be that much skill that separates the two, but it's why. Every player, same with Maguire. It's like, why would you not want to? Well, he, clearly he's fine because he'll get picked either way. But yeah, Papa, so I guess he's Papa's a bad example. Pick him every time. Uh, but speaking of the selections, were what did you guys think about that? Were you particularly surprised by any? I thought it's it was like, fair. I thought it was actually like the most fair, other than like 
Maguire getting selected again. Maguire was, was really was the craziest one. Calvin Phillips. Well, Ward, Ward Prowse too. Calvin Phillips is wild. Yeah, Calvin Phillips instead of Ward Prowse is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think take those, to the streets. And we can agree yeah, on this yeah. because you know you don't got to play Ward Prowse, but damn, give him a fucking yeah. seat on the plane. Well, Calvin Phillips is not Jeez. playing. Yeah, yeah. he's right. played like fifty-one minutes. I'm like yeah. something crazy like that. Like but he doesn't play. Like think about this for a second. If you were just getting a beer with Gareth Southgate. And you guys like we're starting to build a good rapport. Like, Punch oh, this guy likes me. Yeah. And then you throw your beer in his face. If you asked him, dude, like just to for, for real answer, why do you pick South? Why do you pick <laughs> McGuire every year? Like, why do you do that? What do you think he would say? He would say, I genuinely think he's a good footballer. Like, yeah. That's what that's, Southgate, yeah. he genuinely like, like, oh, I don't know. I hate people. It's like, he's proven in a back. I'm like, you know, what you're going to get with him, but lost finals. He's lost semifinals. He's been. The reason that United has lost key games with his mistakes, like mm-hmm. yes, I'm glad you see that. It, I he's played good under him in the in international play, and I get that. Yeah, but like, if you're basing it off form, like, yeah, he's not. It's crazy. He's not it. It's crazy. You're practically bringing a body at that point to like the point of Calvin Phillips playing time too, because clearly he's not fit to play a game. Like I don't. E- it's one thing to go, oh, he rates Calvin and Harry higher than we do, but like, how can their fitness even be good enough to play a full game if needed? Like, how could that even be? A, I don't know. Why would you even waste a plane seat on somebody who's not even like? It's Fully the one time here you get to use a whole smorgasbord of players, yeah, all yeah. of whom are having regular football, and you're like, I get. The only thing I can think of is he's like, I know what I'm going to get with Harry. The system of football I like to play and the players I also pick around him, like, I think. He just meshes well with them, is what I think. But I really don't know. Like I don't. I think that's the biggest mystery. We'll we'll never. Figure this is out. the youngest and coolest that the England team has been in like a very long time, and the most exciting, I think, too. So that's why these are especially frustrating decisions. It's not like an old guard country where it's really hard for the young guys to break into it. Like it's a team. The Premier League is made up of good English English youngsters. Like yeah. So I. That's where, especially with England, it really is frustrating because it feels like we're we're just wasting this generation. We are, but then again, like he did pick Madison. True. Like he picked, so actually no, he's actually sick. Like really should become a regular. Yeah. Um, we're seeing more and more like of that old, that Euro twenty twenty team, or the twenty eighteen World Cup yeah. team like fizzle out. It's like I do want to see no, Madison no, get minutes, but I also don't want to see him play at all. No Sterling. You know, I, yeah, there's no Sterling. No I feel Sterling. Like he left is some, Walker? Walker's there. Yeah, well, that makes Eddie sense. Eddie and got picked, which is a new one. That was interesting. I like that pick. I think... Dude, he's like I'm playing... Forget- that. That's an exact example. He's playing he's well. playing, so yeah. send him. Yeah. I'm forgetting someone. I was so mad at first when he when I saw this list, he missed out on someone, but I can't remember who it is. Tamori was on there, right? Tamori's yeah, he's on, on there. Okay. Yeah. Tamori's on the plane. So that's we're seeing more and more of those players. So. so maybe it just takes an extra long time to break in. But, uh, okay, baller and howler of the weekend. My baller is Mr. Evan Ferguson. Did either of you pick him? That was mine. Oh, shit. Glad I went first. Yeah. Um, okay, so we had two for... My bad. I flung a rubber band. You've been playing with it all episode. Uh, so two for Evan Ferguson. Anybody else you want to shout out? It's hard to put you on the spot. You know, you think while you say yours. Yeah. Mine, uh, even though they drew it, mine is Emblemo. I think he's been having a pretty good four weeks. I feel like and Brentford's been playing really well. Yeah. And him and I forget who the other... Other, their left back is really fast, but when those guys are just running, I'm like, who's going to stop these guys? Yeah, and Buemo, and plus, again, we've said this before, but a, a of Ivan Tonyless and David Rialis Brentford. So Buemo's been like, fuck, I don't need a keeper in a partner. Equalizing striker. goal, I think that was the equalizing goal. Yeah, the winner, but it was very nice. Like the turn, just getting the quickness to get to the ball. I think he's been having a good set of plays. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Uh, you're gonna hate me for this, Trent. 
going Trent. Hey, man, you've swallowed some tough pills this episode. You've come out of Eric Ten Hag when you needed. Connor's not here. <laughs> That's he yeah. Here. That no, is actually completely to, correct. I don't want Connor, to, I'd be like, I told you so. Uh, pretty ridiculous assist from uh, Mr. Alexander Arnold this yeah, week. He also just had like, I mean, it was he had multiple plays like that in the game. I'm glad we're gonna wait for Connor to be back to talk about Liverpool, but that's a scary side this year. Scarier than I thought they'd They're be. They're looking good. We'll see now. But. We'll see. Yeah, you're you're right. But but Mo's about to go for 215. Yeah. So that's true. Well, that's all she wrote. Oh, howler! Shit! I always I just I'm out here ending episodes early. Um, somebody else go first. Mine is even though I love the guy, I was defending him two episodes ago. Caicedo, mm. terrible. Him and I don't know what crack him and Gallagher were. On. No, not Gallagher. It was him and who was in the midfield with him. Someone was. I don't know what they were doing, but that pass that led to Alonga's goal or mm. whatever was going on in the midfield. I was like, I literally was watching like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like Caicedo like did a touch. It was like a touch. It was a terrible touch, but it was also like half a pass. And then they were just went on the run. Every bad game he has is going to be like seven bad games. Oh Again, God, it's like yeah. the, he's dude. The price tag thing is already coming back to bite him in the ass yeah, already. Hundred percent already. I'm going to go. Although Tenog had to do it, just having Evans and McGuire in our back line. <laughs> Just, just like the Evans McGuire in 2023. Yeah. You're like, what is my life? What right is now? happening like, right now? <laughs> how did it get like this? Like, how? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. But no, I thought like he had to force. He had to force them because like Lindelof forced his hand off, and then uh, with an illness, and then Martinez gets injured. But mm-hmm. Then we have these two fuckers in the midfield, back, <laughs> back of our mid, back of our defense, or back of yeah. our team. So uh, I'm gonna go Paul Merson, who is, I'm never a huge fan of, but this week he was especially blowhardy and irritating. And was it the United comment that did you? It, but he also like he, Tottenham caught astray from him. He's like, I think Chelsea are now the new Tottenham, and I'm like, shut up, dude! Like, <laughs> shut up, dude! The, so Paul Merson's already been the that that contingent of sort of like mid tier, well just mid reporters basically. Uh, they've really been on one this season, but I, this I feel is, like Gary Neville like purposely assimilates with them, and I don't know why he does that, dude. Those guys need to keep better company. Man United are always, are as far away from winning the league as you'll ever see. Paul Merson on the chance of the Man United title challenge, like. It is, that's probably not even true. Like, it's not, you but know, like, wh- it's just, I'm going to say something that will put me on ESPN FC that, and like a quote in a picture ESPN of me tomorrow. But it's like, also like, okay, Captain Obvious. Yeah, like, right. We've like, lost four, we've lost like three games. Or, three, three dudes are sitting here at a table. And we are also seeing that. It's not like he's having some like epiphany from behind the desk. Like, guys, I think this could be a really tough season for United. Like, <laughs> no shit, did. dude. <laughs> what do we Venmo you? Your $30,000 weekly check now that you just. For an hour on uh, for an hour on Sky Sports, ESPN UK ass content. Who knows? Uh, but that's match week four recap, gentlemen. A pleasure as always. See all you right. all.